ashamed. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. Hey, welcome to the Lockdown Podcast. Today, we welcome to the podcast Gareth Riddy, author of How to Undo the Shit the Modern World Does to Us. Uh, Gareth is a movement therapist, and while he's not helping his clients, he's practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so plenty to discuss on the show uh, this evening. Welcome, Gareth. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm enjoying the uh, the lockdown life. It's Brilliant. Right. Are you enjoying it? Is this is this something that suits your lifestyle? Are you happy to to be amusing yourself at home in your own sort of you know zone? Kind of, kind of. I miss the gym, obviously. I miss strangling people. That's always going to be a thing. Um, I miss coffee shops. Yeah, but I've I've got loads of shit to do. Do you know what I mean? So with my work and my business and the stuff that I'm building and focusing and learning, there's always something to do. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. So, so yeah, and, I'm good. And you and I and I'm guessing, and I we're going to talk about what you do in a minute. But I'm guessing after what you do, there's going to be a lot of more <laughs> business available to yourself because, of course, everybody's sitting at home, working from home, probably uh, not earthing themselves, not getting out into the outside spaces, you know, especially those poor people that live in flats, no gardens, blah, blah, blah. So just on that, can you just tell us, I, I mentioned in the, in the intro, you're a, you're a movement therapist. Can you just tell us what yeah. movement therapy is? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of not that anymore, but kind okay. of. So movement therapist is, the long and short of it, was getting people moving better out of pain, pain-free. So that was born from when I was a PT working in the gym environment. Um, and then from there, I completely moved out of the gym, so I don't do it anymore. Although I do, I do still work with chronic pain, chronic health issues, and people's health. It's just now it's not focused around a movement issue on the gym floor. Right, brilliant. So, what can we expect from yourself? So, say I'm a client. I, I'm, I, 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 you know, I have some uh, pain issues, or you know, uh, what sort of problems would someone have that might need your services? Uh, everything and anything, really. Right, is is a long and short of it. Because how I work, right, is is I work uh, essentially on the brain and body communications, how the system is operating neurologically and bioelectrically and that type of stuff, looking at what's going on in the system underneath an issue for an issue to even be an issue, right? Mm. Like, like an operating system. And then my whole job is to address that communication issue, clear it the fuck out, and then the brain and body can do their finger, oh, yeah, that's how I fucking work. Because mm. everything's essentially communication, right? If you've got an issue in the body, it doesn't matter what it is, mm. with the exception of blunt force trauma, the the brain is telling the body to behave that way for a reason. Do you know what I mean? And it, it doesn't just happen. It's not random. There's a chain reaction of events. It's a communication thing. So my whole job is to find out why, where, and normalise the system so then the system can operate like it should do. Okay, brilliant. I just want to talk about your book a little bit because obviously, you know, clearly from the title of that book, the the, the conclusion that one would take without – I haven't had the pleasure of reading it yet, but one the conclusion one would take is that 
modern life does mess with that communication between brain and body um and that is you know i mean i think that's pretty obvious there are there are a lot of people with neurological and physiological issues that you probably may not have got 100 years ago or 200 years ago you know so so what sort of things affects us in normal day life now modern day life that you see in your day-to-day work well the long and short of it is that we we live in a life a world that we're not made for. Do you know what I mean? Our, our needs are not being met. We're, we're made for a very different time and environment, and we always have been. But the world moves so quick that we're, we're massively neurologically overstimulated, so we're, we're stressed fuck. Do you know what I mean? Our nervous system doesn't get a chance to settle down and regulate like it should do. Mm. Uh, the big issue is the, the massive issue is our relationship with light, in particular artificial blue light. It's a massive fucker right now and fucking up a lot of people, and it's only going to get worse. So that's probably the big one because it disrupts people's sleep patterns and all of our physiological processes are tied into the light and dark cycles of the earth. So when it becomes disrupted, that can affect everything, anything later on down the chain. And talking blue light, that's like from phones and, and um, computers yeah. and things like that. Backlit screens, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, so, like, no, go on, Gary. Because it's like... So the, the way that it works, right? So within the full spectrum of sunlight, we know blue's there within the rainbow, right? That's why the sky's blue. But in, in artificial light, in blue artificial blue light, it's much stronger than it would normally be. So it's much more of a stronger physiological response and it's not watered down by the rest of the colours of the rainbow the spectrum. So it, it really disrupts our physiology in quite a big way. Right. So like for example, so if I was a client, what what sort of things do you do with your clients to overcome these issues? Are they physio are they physiological exercises or are they are they um are they mental exercises or is it a mixture of both? How how does you know, how does someone yeah. get around some of these issues? It's all physical. Like the the way that I work is uh, there'll be like specific nerve stimulations, maybe tissue work, depending on whatever the person needs. Uh, exercise and drills to bring up lagging brain areas, stuff like that, resetting the body clock so that it's a healthy place, you know. And there's stuff that you need to do to keep everything in line, generally, like health, healthy kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. homework, I should say. And does this have like a hit? I mean, just to get the history of this, where does it originate from? Is this is this almost along like meridian lines and things like that? Is it, you know, is it does it have a history in Chinese medicine and things yeah. like that? Or is it? Is that where it's based? So my, my primary weapon of choice is something called applied movement neurology, which uh, I very rarely tell anybody because they don't know it. So I just, I just say I'm a fucking healer most of the time. You know I mean? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's rooted in functional neurology and functional medicine. They're kind of like the base of it. So looking at how things help function, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it draws in from a lot of other healing modalities and it's kind of built this, this system into what it is today, which is mental. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess that is this is only going to get worse, right? Um, um, so let's just going back to know how this podcast kind of originated. Now we've heard a, a little bit about what you do. What do you make of this situation that's currently going on at the moment, and how do you think this is going to affect people's ability to operate? You know what I mean? Because this is the most modern part of life, isn't it? We've literally been, yeah. you know. This would never have happened in, 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 you know, centuries ago. You'd have had to go out and get your food. Now it all comes to your door and, you know, people can work from home, in inverted commas, you know, and work in computers. How, how do you think this is – what do you make of the situation to start with? And, and what do you see being ongoing problems for people coming out of it? 
Yes, a very, very interesting situation, obviously. Uh, you know, nobody's ever experienced anything like this. Um, half of me really loves it. Half of me fucking hates it. But it's, it's kind of a golden opportunity. We're now seeing things a little bit clearer for a lot. I mean, it depends how people view the world, really. Doesn't it? The, the way I view the world is I'm always looking for the opportunities and seeing what's going on. And it's kind of brought to life a lot of things that really are valuable to us and a lot of things that aren't valuable to us, things that really matter. So in that respect, I think it's fucking great. <clears throat> you know, people value each other much more. They value being able to go outside much more and all that type of stuff. But the situation as it is, if we don't go out of our way to look after our health and our mental health and all that type of stuff, then then it's going to become problematic. You know, so we really need to be diligent about our own training, our own food, our own mindset work, whatever it is, because we, we have no no end in sight. So that's a problem in itself. And our movement really does need looking after because so much of our health is tied into movement. You know, being a human being with the most complex organism there is, our movement is what makes us human. You know, our ability to move mm. along with our brain and the two go hand in hand. You know, the better we move, the better our brain becomes healthy. The less yeah. we move, the less healthy our brain becomes. An unhealthy brain leads to a health, unhealthy body, and it just it becomes a big fucking loop. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not like a separate thing. So move, coming on to this, this is now moving out of this situation is going to be. A, uh, I, I guess you're going to have a lot of people who are sitting down. They're not necessarily able to go outside, although they can go outside for their one time a day. So how do people make the most of the time they've got? to ensure and this is something that really uh, what you do really interests i know it does interest the other lads as well um we, we were speaking to jeff lawson and he spoke very highly of your book yeah. uh, we've had um uh, another another person we've had on the show is a guy called alan witten who's a neuro-linguistic programmer um nice. again like a, a really really uh, interesting uh, viewpoints on how the body and the mind and self talk and speak connect. So th this mm. is, this is top subject stuff. So how do people, are there simple things, tips that you can give people that will help them not fuck themselves from this situation? Yeah. Yeah. So simple tips, uh, block the shit out of blue light. That's going to be a big one. Respect light, put blue light blocking filters on all your backlit devices. Um, Make sure you get out of bed and get up at a regular time just to try and keep that fucking sinking. So that's important. You've got all the physiology under that. Uh, get outside. So for our health, the best time of day to get outside is in morning light. Um, not that we always have that option, but that's kind of the best thing because that, again, sinks our body clock and fires our body up. So it's, it's something to do with the position of the sun in the sky dictates what rays get through. So the higher it up is, the less rays get through. So that's how our body tells what time it is and sinks its whole physiology within to that. So if you're going to go out, go out in the morning is going to be your best bet for morning light. For me, morning, I just go to the shop and then I'll mm. train a little bit later. Mm. Um, and just really be fucking diligent about shit. Do you know what I mean? Pe people tend to live their lives. I say people, like a lot of people tend to live their lives like health and happiness are random, right? That they just expect when something happens like oh no i've got some fucking disease or i've got mental health issues or whatever like it just suddenly happens to them like it's an ailment but it isn't it's, it's part of life do you know i mean the the body is always feeding back to us all the time about how we're living whether it be pain issues whether it be emotional stuff whatever it is it's all feedback do you know I mean? mm. it's mm. something like four percent of issues are actually genetic everything else is created by us essentially 
But we live in a world where we tend to ignore the signs or we try to medicate the signs away, whether it be self-medicating through drugs, alcohol, shit, food, you know, porn again, whatever it is, or whether it be medicated through actual medication. And that isn't solving the issue. I mean, mm. so, and then the thing fucking crashes, doesn't it? It's the equivalent mm. of putting like a plaster over an oil light and then wondering why your car breaks down. Mm. So it's, the big thing for me is something that I try and teach people to really learn to listen to the signs and take the feedback that your body's telling you all the time and address it when it needs addressing, you know. And the body operates on a, it's essentially an input-output basis. What you put in is going to dictate what goes out, whether it's your movement, whether it's your food, whether it's the quality of information you're taking in, i.e. what you listen to, social media, what you're reading, all that type of stuff. Everything has a physiological response. Mm. Yeah, this I guess nowadays this is... You know, with people in World War Two coming back, you know, with horrible experiences and 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 getting, you know, mental health issues, PTSD is kind of expectation. And now, what you have in modern life is people aren't necessarily having horrible experiences, but are still accessing um, poor mental health or, or or suffering poor mental health with yeah. kind of no obvious rhyme or reason. And and do you see that as a, like a, a, a real sign that modern life, you know, that, that is, the, that is the, the byproduct of what we're doing to ourselves? Uh, absolutely, 100 fucking percent, 100 percent, yeah. I mean, I have issues with the term mental health, although I do use it, but the, the way that it, it's almost separated from health, like it's a thing that just happens to people, mm. but it's, it's, it's an expression of health, right? Mm. And like all health, it can be looked after. Or it can be, you know, lost if we don't look after it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think a lot of it just boils down to the fact that we are not taught how to be healthy and happy. We're not taught how to look after ourselves. We're not taught how to govern ourselves, how to create our own mental and physical health. Do you know what I mean? We're taught how to obey the system as such mm. and become obedient workers and all that type of stuff and fit into a mould that isn't necessarily true to us, true to our needs, whether it be physiological, spiritual, psychological, whatever. And that creates unhappiness. Mm. And then the yeah, no. we follow that, the worse it gets. Yeah, that, that, that you know, I think, sorry, Gary, go ahead. I was going to say, um, you know, uh, do you feel as well that, you know, with, with regards to, um, you know, modern modern men, that uh, the, the impact does weigh kind of heavy, whereas, you know, they, they could be, uh, you know, hampered by the, you know, the provider role. Um, you know, our, our role in society has changed in a colossal way over yeah, the past you know oh just over the past you know 50 60 years um and i'm just wondering if you if you think that that you know that's got a heavy impact as well definitely yeah i mean a lot of it is not a lot of it but some of it is when emotions get clogged up is it emotions are, should be moving through the body right? so it's, mm. it's the secret of the title emotion but because we don't move enough stuff gets trapped and then it filters away or like boils away so that's kind of one of the things the other thing is definitely there there is more more pressure on men 100 percent, or at least we perceive it as more pressure on us because we don't communicate like women do uh we don't cry like we should do do you know what i mean when a woman cries she's releasing stuff she has a hug whatever when a man cries he fucking hates himself for crying so it's not even like it's a good functional thing do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't make you feel better if you're fucking sat there hating yourself and embarrassed about it so that's a big issue as well. Do you mean? And also, I think now, again, it's changing because some of the things that make us men are now kind of being demonised as well. So we're almost having to become Absolutely. apologetic for being a man at the same time. So it's, it's a really confusing time for being a man. 
Yeah. Yeah. The toxic, toxic, I hate the, the term toxic masculinity because it seems to encompass, um, it encompasses a lot of bad shit. But, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. But um, it, it also grabs hold of some of the things that help define uh, who you are as a man. You know, and that, and that weighs heavy on people as well. Definitely, yeah, because people people are confused, you know. And toxic masculinity, it's just it's just another separatist thing, isn't it? It's another way of isolating people and separating them. And people fall in the trap of wanting to um, isolate themselves from people, whether it be a feminist movement or whatever it is, or a diversity thing. It all ends up people just separate themselves further and further and further without actually yeah. taking on board who we are and what we are, you know. It's taking yeah. away the individual, isn't it? It's just making it into one big macro uh, thing. Or... It is, but also it's separating little pockets of groups. Like feminism, for instance, I'm, I'm, I don't know much about feminism, but I'm using that as an example or a type of feminism that talk about toxic masculinity. All that is doing is that is alienating themselves from men and separating themselves from men, which is a problem, isn't it? Because ultimately we all need to work together, still be individual, obviously, but if we're separated into these little groups and it creates conflict. Yeah. So as a practitioner, Gareth, mm. how do you work around all these little subdivisions of things that people can, I mean, you people must come to you with, you know, a bundle of, of, of issues, not all of which are, you know, you could separate into the physical order or the neurological. They're like a mishmash. So how do you go about sorting out these because people are fucked, aren't they? You know, even you talk to a lot of youngsters and their their head is up their ass, you know, because they don't know where they're coming or going. How do you start digging through these list of issues and sorting these people out? You know, so the body never lies. Essentially, the body will tell you everything you need to know. There's just kind of a hierarchy of an approach you would take. You know, um, you can tell a lot about people by their skin tone, how their face is positioned, posture, all that type of stuff. And you kind of correlate that with what's going on and then work your way out. And then it just slowly starts clearing. And it's like clearing the mist, clearing the fog so that the brain can operate. That's kind of really, really how it is. But yeah, the body never lies. It'll tell you everything you want to know. Yeah, that is if really interesting. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and this is obviously, you know, a, a, a very, um, a very skilled thing uh because, you know, just us talking from uh, Alan, who's the neurolinguistic programmer and things like that, these, these skills are, are experience and, you know, um, research based. And, and it takes a lot to get to this level where you can see this sort of thing. But one more thing, because I'm hogging you a bit, Gareth. I just want to ask you a question about I think that's something that comes up in, in modern day that I hear a lot about. And actually, I have um, got a family member who suffers from from this uh, after an accident suffers from chronic pain um and and they've been through a lot of the nhs system to try and sort this out and it and it just hasn't really worked um is this is chronic pain syndrome or people suffering with chronic pain something you come up uh or or comes up to you often and is this something that you feel you can improve through this sort of therapy that you do yeah, absolutely. It's my main bag. My my main right. thing is chronic health, chronic pain issues. I, I love it. Yeah, it gives me a brain boner. It's my favourite. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> thing. You know, the thing is with chronic pain is when when you go to you know, so doctors or whatever, and they say you've got a chronic issue. What they really mean is, 
they, they, they don't really they don't know the source of it so then it becomes a problem and they strive other other avenues um, but the pain the way to look at pain is pain is always a request for change the body wants a change in some way okay and there's three types of pain neurologically speaking anyway so we have like uh, nociceptive pain which is which is when you damage yourself to say you tread on something sharp or you burn yourself and you have to move really quickly right so that's nociceptive pain it's very overriding it's like a reflexive get the fuck out of there right then we have inflammatory pain which is when the thing's healing it's when the body's going oi fucking leave that thing alone and then we have pathological pain which can be found in some disease states or when there's a miscommunication in the body and the body's creating pain in some way to kind of alert you that something's wrong right so let's say uh Let's say back pain for this. It's a very common one. And people have it for years and years. Often, let's use this as an example, there's loads of different ways of this, is if there is something going on within the system, let's say um, the pelvic floor isn't contracting as well as it could be, that can create back pain because there's a, an instability in the system. So the body will create pain to discourage you from doing something that it doesn't feel safe in doing. It's one way. Um, and with chronic pain, what happens a lot is things can become linked to traumas. It's funny that you said that there's an accident, traumas. So when we have an accident or a trauma, whether it be an emotional trauma or a physical trauma, the, the body will run a, a pattern basically to help it, A, uh, survive the fucking thing, but also recover from it. And it, some process it will run is like it will, uh, elevated cortisol will be once the stress hormone will go up because the whole idea is to get you fuck out there and survive. But also a lot of inflammatory processes as well, because inflammation is part of the healing process, essentially. But because we live in a very different time and environment, when that gets triggered, that can sometimes keep running and running and running and running and running. Whereas in a more natural, private environment, where we're not neurologically overstimulated, we're moving about in the environment, we're contacting the environment like we should do, it can move on and go along its merry way. So that's really kind of what's at the root of a lot of chronic health issues. If something becomes triggered, and because we live in a very different world than we should be, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. So my whole job is to kind of break that fucking loop right. and then let the body do its thing. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, actually. And it's and it, and, I, and I think, I guess, it's a shame that, that, that there, is, there is a reliance, obviously, that there is medical science can do so much, but obviously when those avenues end, you know, I think a lot of people feel that maybe operations and, and invasive surgery is the only way forwards, but obviously there are a lot of other op options out there to explore prior to getting to that stage. Isn't it? And it's, um, yeah. I mean, I would love to see, I mean, the, the, the medical community, they're great at certain things like patching up after you've been fucking run over or something like that. But in yeah. terms of actually getting people healthy and keeping them healthy, they are really, really shit out. So I would like to see kind of a marriage of the two of them doing what they're really good at and people getting people healthy and pain free, doing what they're good at and bringing the two fucking things together mm, as opposed mm. to being completely separate because going to a doctor to get healthy never works. Yeah. You know, they, they'll, they'll give you drugs give you like drug. most of the time yeah. and then you end up on drugs for life for a, for a lot of people, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's a very reactive type service, isn't it? When you think about it like that, it, it's very, you know, Although, you know, I think, especially at the moment, we thank, um, thank our lucky stars for, you know, the National Health Service because it, it keeps yeah. a lot of people running. But it, it is what a, it should be doing. Of course, absolutely. And it is very reactive, though, isn't it? It reacts to the 
the, the stimulus of people hurting themselves or being ill, but there's no prevent, not a lot of prevention work being done, which is, I guess, is where you, the likes of yourself, Alan, come in, where it's all about actually, let's not try not to get to that stage first. Let's let's see if we can actually manage this, break the cycle of you know, um, you know, um, unhealthy pattern behaviour, and got you know if it gets that bad then obviously there's always a last resort to the to the um to that to the to this sort of uh, reactive side of med medicine but there's you know there's obviously a lot of things you can do prior um george you had a good question for gareth do you want to shoot your question yeah sure so technology use sitting down office jobs and these sorts of uh, repetitive actions are becoming a very very dominant part of sort of day-to-day -day life uh, you know, leaving quite a few of us with uh, RSI, nerd neck, and a variety of different sort of physical ailments. Do you think that eventually, with sort of a more awareness to this, we'll change the way we work, or do you think we're just going to get used to it essentially and just carry on with the same things and just develop more and more harmful ailments? I think some people get wise to it, some people won't. You know, I mean, I'm on a mission to get as many people wise to it as I can, <laughs> and there are other people doing their thing, but. On the whole, I don't know. I, I, I hope so. I fucking hope so. Do you think it would just kind of become something more that, yeah, it's very much up to the individual and less something that's more enforced by, say, companies or...? Yeah. The, the, the problem is, is when, when the body's in a state of stress, like a state of threat, essentially, fight or flight, call it whatever you will, is um, what happens is the body will divert resources and blood flow away from areas that aren't needed to deal with a threat areas that are right so digestion immune function uh, the the big part of the brain where all your executive functions are so logic creativity reasoning all that type of stuff now the reason i talk about that is because if your body's in that kind of state it is in some kind of stress where, where however we perceive it or not it, it is and when when the body's in a state of stress because the resources are diverted away from here the frontal cortex of the brain where we can we can be reasoned we can think about things logically we, we can't actually do it. We can't see it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The stressed brain can't take on anything new. It can only do what it knows or accept stuff from a higher authority, which is problematic for a lot of people. So when they're in it, they can't fight their way out of it. You must have had situations where, like, you knew something that you wanted to do, that a change that you needed to make, or maybe a family member needed to make, maybe something really fucking simple that would have been really beneficial, but you couldn't make yourself do it. You read that? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for example, I'm trying to improve my, my posture quite a lot at the moment, uh, which, you know, it's a lot of mental power to try and force myself to remember to sort of unroll the shoulders, keep the spine erect, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a little bit different. I'll talk about that. Okay. No, so, like, when people are stressed, they can't take on new stuff, mm. what I mean. so, which means that the chances of somebody being in that state and then thinking, oh, I need to sort it out, uh, slim to none they're more than likely to going to carry on doing what they're doing or going to people that aren't going to help them because they're not thinking out the, out the box, do you know what I mean? Oh, I get what you mean, but, yeah. But, um, I mean, posture is very reflexive. You know, a lot of it is massively controlled by, A, our emotional state is a big thing. You know, when you're happy, you're up. When you're that sad, you're down. But also, our, it's hugely neurologically driven. So our inner ear is very, very big in posture because it controls the muscles of the spine. Our eyes control posture, all that type of stuff. That's why it's so difficult for us to maintain good posture without um, training it, if you know what I mean. So mm. just holding yourself up only works to stop paying attention and then it mm. drops down again. It's a reflexive thing. Mm.
that's just something that needs to be trained, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. What about you, Kerry? You got a question for Gareth? Yeah. Um, sorry, mate. Let me just zing it up on the phone here because um, I've got a mind, memory like a sieve. Maybe I've got a maybe I've got a deeper problem. Um, <laughs> You've got a lot of problems. Uh, I've got loads. You know I have. Um, so uh, yeah. So your your book's been really well well received. I've um, I've had a look on uh, Amazon at reviews and stuff, and it's it's all yeah. shining reviews. Are you planning on on pushing out another book for uh, for your fans? I will do at some point. What I'm doing at the moment, so the book, um, so in the book, whoops, dropping shit on the floor, my bad. Right, in the <laughs> book, I I wrote everything out in the letters of my name. So I, I fit in the letters. So there's a G, there's an A, there's an R, and so on. You know, uh, mm. it's all structured like that. A, because I thought it was funny, and B, because it makes it easy for me to teach what I need to teach for people to be healthy and, and happy and shit. But what I'm doing at the moment is that what I talk about in the book has then kind of become my system of how I operate. Um, not completely how I operate because the one-to-one stuff has to be one-to-one. But mm. from there, when I go around and talk on stages, do the same thing. If I'm talking on Facebook, it's generally around the same sort of stuff. Uh, and I'm just in the process now. I just finished filming a couple of days ago the course version of it. So it's like an online version going into everything much deeper with different neurological exercises and stuff. Mm. So once I've got everything out that I want to get out based around the book, then I'll do the next book, which is a really long way of saying yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so will this be um, uh, on a dedicated YouTube channel? Will this will this be uh, available for the public? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna host a site for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll, it'll be dedicated. Um, yeah. So come and find me for it. Basically, it should Absolutely. be. I hope to get it out within the quarantine. I'm gonna start the editing process maybe tomorrow or the next day and see what's going on with it. Well, you, you've got the time that. on your hands now to do, it, haven't you? You'd think so. But I'm still pretty fucking busy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I wanted to pick your brains as well. Um, now, Jeff spoke highly of, well, firstly of, of, of cold water therapy and, and then also of earthing. Um, yeah. So but pick one, because I, 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 I'm, I, I'm well, I'm, I understand like about, you know, the Wim Hof method um, and dealing with cold water that way. But earthing, I've, I've never really heard anybody tout the benefits of, of, yeah. of to basically getting down like uh, your feet back to mother nature yeah all as fuck yeah or well i call it grounding in the book because it fits in my name mm. it's a g in it do you know what i mean but yeah mm-hmm. earthing is this also known Earth, earthing. so yeah it's just it's one of those things that again all life is tied into it you know all life on this planet is tied into the earth and through the electromagnetic nature of life right the earth is a big electromagnetic nature all life is electromagnetic and there's a constant flow backwards and forwards between the earth and all living things right but us live in the modern world, we, we became cut off. We live in houses, we drive cars, we've altered our environments. So when we are walking about, it's not even on the earth anymore. Our shoes are rubber, so they're completely non-conductive. We're insulated. We became, yeah. yeah, exactly. We became very, very cut off from, from the earth and the electromagnetic fields of the earth. And a big part of it is the earth is a massive source of free electrons. And by free, I don't mean, you know, free. I mean, like, as in not bound up, but still, mm. still free. Don't fucking pay for it. Do you know what I mean? But like, so I'll talk about that a little bit. So atoms, we've all seen pictures of atoms, right? Now the the dots that fly around outside, they are electrons. And when an atom loses an electron, just as normal day-to-day processes, which it will do, it's just fucking normal, mm-hmm. is it then becomes unstable. So what it will do is it will rob an atom, an electron off his next door neighbor, a 
like a dirty little thieving fucker, right? And it creates a chain reaction of events of atoms robbing the shit out of each other. Mm. And that will go on until every atom has enough electrons to become stable or until the thing just breaks down and degenerates. Okay, so this is this is a cellular damage, free radical damage, degeneration. This is how this occurs. So it's a, it's a lack of electrons, essentially. Okay. Uh, this is why people age at different rates, depending on how they're living. So if they're expending a lot more than they're taking in, such as their unhealthy lifestyle, eating shit, smoking, all that type of shit, they'll look like a shoe much quicker than somebody who really looks after themselves. Right? Yeah. Um, so the beauty of the Earth is just by contacting it, we start taking in more electrons all the time, which is a great, great thing. But we don't do that, which is mm. not a great. So that's really what earthing is all about. And it's been shown to like lower blood pressure, um, help you sleep, relax, speed up injury, healing, stress, all that type of stuff, you know, um, help exercise recovery. But it's not that it helps all those. It's that a lack of it is a problem. It's a long short bit. So we are so electron deficient that it shows in, in every aspect of our life. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. I'm. I'm. You know. I've really uh, researched into that. So that's the probably the best breakdown I've had. Um. You know. Or will have. Will have had. <laughs> so thanks for that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's important. All life is tied into it. It's fundamental. You know. At, at its most basic cellular level, all energy has to be turned into electrons before the cell can use it. Because mm. we are electrical beings, aren't we? Absolutely. We're electrical before anything else. Yeah. When the cells start differentiating before nerve systems even existed, it's, it's all run by electricity. So our mm. neurology is a slave to our electricity. It's fundamental in all life. Mm. Brilliant. Amazing. And all inflammation is essentially uh, an electron deficiency. Right. This is why I'm going like, to have to look into this a bit deeper, I think. <laughs> Do it. Antioxidants are electrons in food form. This is why we eat a lot of antioxidant-rich diet. Is the yes. is the use of earthing cables still a thing, Gareth? I remember a few, quite a few years ago, there was a, there was a, the big use of earthing cables. I was saying to these guys when we started talking about yourself and getting you on the show, that I, I worked at a fire station and there were, everybody was putting earthing cables on their feet while while they were at work and attaching it to any any sort of metal rod that, or earthing rod that was in the station. Is that something that still goes on now? Yeah, definitely, yeah. You can buy earthing kit online, you know, and it just plugs into the mains and uses the earthing point in the mains. And you get, like, uh, a big wire con connecting to, like, a conductive mat or some bedding or a bracelet you can wear or something like that. I've got one here, so when I'm sat here, it just goes out in the window in the grass outside, and I sit here earthing myself. Right, amazing. You don't always have the option of getting out of the grass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Depends and and before this, before you got into this, do you uh, do you notice a huge difference? What sort of difference in your physiological and your psychological state, I guess, do you get from earthing? Do you know? Do you notice that difference? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I notice it in my skin. You know, I notice it now. If I don't earth enough, I notice it in my skin. I start getting irritated. I don't sleep as well. Um, if I need to earth now, I can feel it. But yeah, so it's definitely something that I notice day to day. You know, when I first yes. started doing it, I looked, I looked younger. I was like, fucking hell, this is cool as fuck. Yeah. Interesting that you've become that in tune with your body that you know the how it feels when you haven't had enough yeah. earthing. You know what I mean? I think that's probably something, and I know I've definitely, you know, a lot of us come so detached from this. Um, 
that you and it's funny you say that because i know this might sound this is really anecdotal and then there's probably absolutely no science behind this um when i i used to do tree surgery i spent most of my time up a tree or in and around you know just working i've never felt stronger i didn't get tired i felt you know and it might have been a byproduct of the work but the fact is that I was just out in the elements and people do get that. I mean, it's, it's an age old knowledge, a bit like the cold water therapy. People do get energy from the earth, don't they? You know, natural Absolutely. spring water. You know, this is not new stuff, is it? You know, um, no. people have been going to natural springs and woodlands and things like that for years to be connect with nature. I mean, connecting with nature is age old, isn't it? I guess now it's just someone's tried to or not tried to someone has recognize the science behind it and 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 i guess we're all a bit behind the curve aren't we as 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 like just general public do you, would you say yeah yeah definitely i mean things are changing a little bit you know but for you working out up trees you know there's there's two of the major things that constitutes the life which is light all those photons and electrons there's no wonder you're fucking strong and you're out there not being neurologically overstimulated so your body had a chance to recover and repair and stuff whereas we don't have that chance here you walk outside and now and it's fucking mental out there. Yes. So all that stresses our system on some yeah. level or another. I mean, um, what was the question? <laughs> well, it was just a, it was just a statement, really. But I, I guess uh, the question is, when do you think it's? I mean, interestingly, as I talk about this and I'm thinking about it now, the newfound appreciation people have got for the outside space. As soon as you tell someone they can't go outside, every everyone wants to go outside, don't they? Everybody uh, yeah. is seeking the benefits in walking around in the outside space. When do you think it's going like, to... I say this to everyone I speak to who does something like you do, like Alan, uh, who does neuro-linguistic programming, when are we going to realise that this stuff works? What is it going to take? Is it going to take something like this for us to all realise that the most important things in, in life is our connection to the earth and not our connection to our phone or you know, like you say, processed food. What 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 is going to be the stimulus that changes that? What do you think, Gareth? We're going to see that makes that us realise that. I think this will have a big part to play, and as a general rule, people will do much more to move away from pain than they will move towards pleasure. So there there generally has to be something big for somebody to actually take action. Generally speaking, right? So for me, it was health issues growing up. And I had to get to feel a certain level of shit before I actually started acting on it. Do you know what I mean? The other thing is that us human beings, we because we're so fucking adaptable, we adapt to feeling a bit shit. And when we feel a bit shit, that then becomes a new normal. So then when we feel even worse, that just becomes a bit shit. Do you know what I mean? And it just kind of goes on and on and on. And before it, our life has got so far that we don't recognise ourselves anymore. And then, but again, it normally takes a massive thing for most people. Yeah. And I think this is a massive thing. It's definitely an opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think you're right. We we are so used to adapt adapt adaptation as human beings that that's how we've evolved to this stage. We've almost adapted outside of our healthy remits, haven't we? Which is which is oh. madness. When you talk about it, it's just it's just it, it's completely logical what you're saying. You know, I, I hear you talking. 
and I'm like, I know this stuff. I don't know what you know. I don't know it how you know it. I don't know the science behind it, but it's so obvious to me that getting outside, getting sunlight, fresh air, being in touch with nature is much, much better for our health, you know, um, than not. It, yeah, but we are so, you know, we're blindly just doing jobs that, you know, that steer us so far away from that, that it's um, that you end up leaning on organisations like the NHS to fix us when it's really just normal, healthy things that we need to be doing. And like you say, this scenario now, having an hour a day and people making use of that hour especially those who haven't got gardens and things, is probably the healthiest thing anyone can ever do. Out of, a, out of an environment where you're shut in and you can't get out, and someone said, you need to go out now and be one, all they really need to do is take their shoes off <laughs> and, they've, huh. and, they've, and they've smashed it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Put your hands on a tree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Touch the What's, what's the phrase, Again, that Christian Murray phrase? Uh, it's no measure of health to be profoundly adjusted to a sick society. Right. That's interesting. And that, mm. and that's kind of how we live our lives. Do you know what I mean? Yes. The society yeah. we live in, it, it's fucked. It's utterly fucked when you really look, look at it. And, and it's amazing. It but we're so well adjusted to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until you talk about it. That you realise how crazy it is, isn't it? Because like now, I'm, it's almost like an epiphany, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is madness. We're sitting in a centrally heated houses, and we're just cracking on. And 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 most of us have got, you know, um, ailments of well, most of us, and I'm sure we'll get onto that in a minute. Most of us cause it to ourselves by rolling around with other geezers and getting our necks squeezed. You know what I mean? I know that is that is <laughs> so that is you know self-done you know we can't really blame anyone else for that and i don't know how much nature is going to fix that but you know it, it, it does seem very logical to um to do these things you're talking of when we speak about it and i just think maybe not enough people hopefully when people listen to this podcast they're going to recognize that simplest things they can do are going to make them feel better you know um sorry mm. carrie you were going to say it's something funny. Yeah, I just want to say I know I know you, Dave, because of you, you're you're a fireman. Obviously, you're you're out there and you're you're still working. But I'm I'm working from home at the moment, and I've noticed the the amount of stress that has just gone off off my shoulders. I don't have to wake up at six. I don't have to rush the kids out the door to school. Don't have to get in the car. Don't have to sit at my desk in a weird position. Don't have to chat shit at lunch with people I don't really know. All of that's just evaporated. And I'm left now with the family and I'm going to go for maybe an hour, half hour run each day, which is, which is been bloody fantastic. Uh, obviously I'm still getting my, I'm still getting my pay going into my bank, which is great, but realizing what that, what the modern world and what the jobs are doing to my own mental state every damn day where everything's a rush, everything's such a rush to try and squeeze in a little bit of enjoyment here and there. I'm you, you do find that stress build up and build up and build up, you know? Yeah. But I think a lot of people might look at this situation and, and reflect a bit more on what, you know, what it's doing to them, you know, try and fight, fight back a bit from it. Yeah. You don't realize that shit you feel till you stop feeling shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But fucking hell. I was living like that. Madness. Adam, yeah. you had a, you had a question for Gareth. Do you want to fire away your question, mate? Yeah, I had a good one, but uh, C Dog nicked it. 
Did I? Oh, mate. Yeah. Some kind question of scumbag, faith. mate. Question thief. He's an Some earthing question thief. He'll pay for that. I can't believe it. We'll mute him for that. So, uh, oh, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> when I go back to train, I'm going to kill him. So, Gareth, obviously you've got like a, a calling to help people and um, get people back on track and help people out. If someone else wanted to do similar to you, how do they go about it? Is there like a training course or an apprenticeship or is it sort of a load of different things you've got to learn and sort of personal experience? How, how do you go about doing it? Yeah, um, so well, the, the, the way it was for me is I led from, I went from, um, I started a personal training, you know, when, when I eventually decided to get my fucking shit together, the age of 30. And then um, from there, it kind of grew and grew and grew. So a lot of his knowledge that I got from personal training and working with fighters and that type of stuff back in when I was like doing a lot of strength coaching for MMA guys. So I was always really interested in performance. But the main thing for me is uh, the, the AMN Academy. The Academy of Applied Movement Neurology is a great place to start, but pretty neurology heavy, but I fucking love it. <laughs> but really, it's down to what what people want to do, what they gel with. You know, some people may gel more with NLP, for instance, the mindset stuff. You know, some people gel more with physical training. You know, for, for me, I like to try and incorporate the whole thing as an organism. It's just what what yeah. pushes my buttons. Do you know what I mean? I would say follow your fucking heart. Never yeah. lies. I do. Body never lies. With... Yeah, follow it. What he said. How how does this affect? So you, you do BJJ. I know um, we, we spoke off air about it very quickly, but you, you obviously trained in the past and going to train yeah. in the future. How yeah. are these tools that you've got? Do they help you? Do they um, almost, can they make you overanalyze stuff? So I'll give you a case in point. For me, competing, so um, a lot of mind over matter sort of thing. And sometimes you always have to, um, you might know you're going to get, potentially being and you think nope i'm gonna go for it so it's like a, a mind switch off yeah but you you do get weird like um certain positions you're you'll have a you describe the different types of pain but you might be thinking oh this is going to hurt and i'm not going to do it and then when you do it it's fine so is there any any tools you've got that have sort of helped you specifically for bjj so i'm i'm quite lucky that Everything that I do for other people, I can do it myself. So I can fix myself, which is great, which is awesome. So I tend to, I tend to stay pretty injury-free, or if I feel something going, I know that something's gone offline for whatever reason, and I need to work on that. So some of the stuff is really good in terms of um, improving my my neurological apparatus, so how, how quick my eyes move, my balance, and all that type of stuff, which then has a play onto everything that you do. Yeah. So that's really cool, because if you're – your your brain is always adjusting your body based on the information it's receiving from the environment. And a lot of that is down to how well your sensors, your key sensors are working, such as your inner ear, so all the balanced stuff, and your eyes. So think about eyes, right? So if your eye muscles are poorly coordinated, so one muscle may nip off a little bit here, there, and everywhere, you may not even notice it. They may just not perfectly track. Is the body will constantly adjust the brain based well, the brain will adjust the body based upon that, the information it's receiving, right, which is essentially faulty. And that can lead to people being a little bit clumsy, the depth perception, they may miss stuff, they may get injuries more on one side than the other, they may, you know, be tight all on one side than the other. So because I can balance that out, then I function better. I do. Yeah, man, it's cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what belt are you in, BJJ? I'm purple. I'm a lowly purple belt. That's right. Yeah. Purples, purple been, tails. 
I have been for about three years, I think, actually. I do. <laughs> what is your background in martial arts, Gareth? I mean, we, we, we've got a theory, uh, we, me and Adam talk about quite a lot, that we, um, uh, that we think most people who, who spend a long, long time in martial arts and in and around a fight game, combat sports, like we have, have actually some sort of dark, deep, dark problem, personal yeah. sort of issue that we're trying to do a long, continual workaround with. What What is your, not saying that's the case for yourself, obviously, but what, what is what is your background in martial arts? How did you get started and, and what's, what's been your experiences? So it's always something that I loved as a kid. But I, I never stuck to anything as a kid. And I had bad asthma and stuff, so I always used to find excuses not to do it. And then I I really got into it. Um, I started getting into it in my early 20s, but it wasn't really BJJ back then. It wasn't really about. But it was kind of like a, a guy in my local town called it Valet Tudo. But it was kind of based in Japanese jiu-jitsu, but it was all submission stuff, and, you know, <clears throat> that type of shit. So that was cool. But then after that, I ended up I ended up with a throat cancer, so that kind of knocked me out of training for, for quite a while after that. And then I got back into it. But the reason that I guess I got into it was I just loved it. I was a doorman for many years, so it was really useful to learn how to you know grapple people and all that type of shit. Um, but it, it really started getting consistent in what we now 2009. I joined an MMA gym. And it was all about the grappling for me. It always was. I mean, so I was a no-gi guy for years before I ever put on a gi. Um, and it's just something that I just loved. I loved the creativity. I loved the flow. And I loved loved how it made me feel, is a long and short. I mean, it wasn't even really about demons as such. Well, maybe it was. I just didn't really realise at the time. But it was something that, for me, I grew up always thinking that I had no power over myself because of health issues and stuff going on and on. And it wasn't until I actually started training, either in the gym or on the mats, that I actually realised that I did have much more power and responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like the the jiu-jitsu and that? Um, do you feel it all feeds into you, the the work that you do? Is it is it all part of the same package, so to speak? The general sort of well-being and health of an individual. Does that? How does jiu-jitsu yeah. play a part in that? Massive, yeah. I think everybody should do it because because it's such a complex thing. You know, the, the brain is stimulated by complexity and movement. So the more complex our movement is, the more the brain has to learn. The harder the brain wires, and the more healthier the brain overall is. The less the brain is firing together, those little neurons start breaking away, and it starts breaking down almost. Do you know what I mean? So, jiu-jitsu in and of itself is very conducive to a healthy life. Mm, amazing. But, depending on what you're doing around it, of course, and then we've got injury factors and stuff like that. But as a general complex movement and an art and a, something for the brain to learn, massive. And it was interesting. I, ho- I hope you don't mind. I know you mentioned it briefly. Uh, my wife has had throat cancer also um, in the past. Um, she's two years clear at the moment. How do you feel? Do you feel that getting through that period of your life has given you some extra resilience? Um uh, like personal, do, do you do you feel there's been a benefit from that illness, you know, moving oh, forwards and, yeah, and shapes? Oh, really? It made it's yeah. it's definitely made you feel more powerful. Big fan, big fan. Yeah, without without exception, the the biggest most painful experiences in my life have held the biggest gifts every single fucking time, mm. but only because I've chose to look for them. They yes. didn't look for them, then they'd be a fucking disaster. 
you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, there are physical things that I still feel now, 20 years later, based upon that. But it's the biggest gift I could ever have because it gave me a value that I never had. It gave me experiences that I never had. It made me see life very, very differently. Yeah, that, that, that is interesting. That's really interesting because that, that's very much how she sees sees it as well. So it was, I, I know everybody sees those situations very differently, you know, and obviously all those situations are different for lots of different people. So it's, 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 but just generally those life experiences, you know, um, you, you do do make for resilient people, you know, you know, especially when people are going through these sort of times, which are, are scary times for people. But yeah. um, I often refer back and me and my wife are talking about that, you know, pe- people who've had um, serious illness and disease and things like that and had those sort of experiences are almost this. They're, they're, they're proving grounds. They've come to terms with the the ultimate ending do you know what i mean that one part of their life whereas a lot of people don't do that it's people who have suffered those those illnesses and diseases have 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 been shaped by those so it's you know it's almost like a resilience you just can't buy that sort of resilience you know it's 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 an it's something i find very interesting so it was uh just interesting to hear you comment on that um yeah it's a huge fucking gift joe but again it depends on people's outlook but it's the same with jiu-jitsu you know you think like like all everybody on the mat daily, we're getting choked to shit. We're facing little moments of our mortality and struggle daily, and mm-hmm. that in itself is building a lot of resilience. You know, people that have been martial arts for a very long time, particularly the the grappling arts. I'm going to be a little bit biased about that. Tend to have much more calmness, resilience, and patience than than people that don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think we'd all agree with you there. That I think. Um... Jiu-jitsu, and I think the longer you do it, the more peaks and troughs you go through, because that that is that is general generally that you know it is very representative of that. All of a sudden, you think you're doing all right, and then you spend months of doing really shit, and and sometimes even struggling to get to the gym. You know, I know I've I've had that in the past. You know, even forcing myself to get in the car to to drive to the gym because it's been rough going, and um, I think getting through those times, although, you know, it's not life and death, and you can't really akin it to that, it definitely is a drip feeding of resilient behaviour that I think I think builds builds on oneself, you know. So I think it's really interesting to hear you say that from someone who who spends their life essentially making people resilient. Because that, that's how I see your work. You know, that that's what you do. You're almost like a, you know, a, pro, a provider of balance and strength. So I, I think mean, that's really interesting. Anybody got some a question? Another question for um Gareth? While we've got while we've got him here, before we let him go. Yeah, a real quick one, Gareth. Yeah, mum. So, um, I try and get my nighttime routine down. Um, my wife thinks I'm a weirdo. I, I get the um, pitch black, no noise um, to the almost the extent if I go and stay away in a hotel, there's like a little red light from the telly or a little blue light. It drives me mad. I try and cover it up. Mate, so I've same. got the sleeping down. Yeah, I do. I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> so in terms of your sort of routines, you go to sleep. Um, just give me a quick almost timings of when you go to sleep, timings when you wake up. And a, and a normal day for you. What are you doing a normal day? Yeah, so so bedtime, I'm, I'm not as good as I could be, admittedly. Uh, so my phone's always blocked out. And then in the evening, my blue light blocking glasses come on. 
And in my bedroom, it'll be like my light is kind of like it changes colours. So it'll be kind of orangey or red, so it won't be bright as I'll just I can chill out for a little bit. Normally, I'll do like a meditation or like a hypnosis type thing, or I might listen to an audio book and then I'll go to sleep. That's generally how it works. Um, so normally, I'm in bed by nine o'clock. Probably look to get to sleep by about 10, half 10, or try anyway to go through the process. Mornings, I wake up about six ish, just wake up. Just sleep. I just wake up when I wake up. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's pretty fucking set. And then in the morning, I, I do my shit. I'll do my meditation. I'll do my little bit of journaling. I'll hydrate. I'll laugh if I need to. And then I'll go about my day. And then I'll move. So you mentioned journaling there. I, I tried doing journaling for a while. Um, yeah. I just couldn't get. So I was trying to be. Um, uh, to show gratitude and sort of plan for the day. Yeah, I also ended up writing the same thing again and again and again. So I, I sort of gave up, to be honest. Is that a useful thing to sort of stick with and keep, keep oh, going? Yeah. The journey is fucking so valuable. It depends how you do it. There's loads of different ways of doing it. So what I used to wasn't really journey. It was just like repeating my fucking goals, basically. So I wrote down like a list of my grandiose life goals of where I wanted to be, what I wanted to achieve, what I was trying to do in the world. I write them down. And then the next day, I'd write the same thing down. So the first thing each day I would do is I would be putting my intent on what I wanted to do in the world yeah. and that helped me so much with my focus and when I didn't do it I'd notice myself slip and more recently what I've been doing is um, each morning I ask myself four questions and those questions will be uh, what's one word and I got this from a guy called Paul Moore who's a fucking dude and um, he's into jiu-jitsu as well actually uh, I got oh, yeah so the questions I would ask is the first one, what is the one word that describes how you want to feel today? So that could be like a no calm, focused, whatever, energized, whatever it is. And then the next question would be, why do you want to feel that way? What's the reason? So it could be, let's say, for instance, I want to be focused because I'm filming my course or I want to be energetic because I know I'm speaking on stage or whatever it is. You'd write that down. And then the third question would be, what is the one thing you are willing to do to make sure that you feel that way? So you write it down, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe I know I need to meditate more. Maybe I know I need to move. Maybe I know I need an ice bath. Whatever it is, what do I know that I can do to put myself in that state there and then? Do you know what I mean? And then the fourth question would be, what do I have to look forward to today? So that's just really just to prime your brain to, so you know you've got something good to look forward to. It could be a fucking dinner or something on Netflix or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So that's just a really useful way of, being very deliberate with your mind yeah. and being deliberate about your actions to get the result that you want is not sure. So that's like a really simple way. Or some people like to journal what they want to create or just journal their thoughts out. You know, there's something called dark journaling, which is really, really fucking useful. Like when you start going down a negative thinking spiral, you just write it all down, stream of consciousness on paper, normally in like a stupid, stupid colour pen, like fluorescent colour pen or something like that. So write it out of your head. Then when you're done, turn it over and then carry on doing your normal journal. So it's just a way of clearing stuff out energetically. There's loads of different ways of doing it. People do gratitude logs, just to make themselves more grateful. People do manifesting stuff, just to guide their focus to what they want. But yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. It's very, very impactful, I think. Yeah, I might pick it back up, keep keep back on. Yeah, I mean, those four questions alone, they're fucking yeah. gold. Well, I've written yeah. down, things, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. One of those things you don't realise you do you kind of, you do it and watch what happens. You, your your life will start to change and it will guide you. And then when you stop doing it after a couple of days, you're gonna you're gonna notice the slide. 
Mm. I, I definitely think, I mean, I'll talk to Adam about this afterwards. I definitely think this is something we need to incorporate into our gym. You know, the, the, the almost the other side of the, 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 the team members to, you know, so they can have some guidance in looking after yourself, not because they don't know how, but because sometimes you need a bit of reminding, you know what I mean? And I think, mm. you know, in, in what we do, we do take care of the physicality really, really well, but the mentality is organic because we're a team and we look after each other, you know, in, in banter and whatever it is, but actually things like you just said to have those questions available to people, you know, in the gym to look at, to remind themselves what they need to be thinking, how they need to be structuring their day, their life. I think that's really, really powerful, useful stuff. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that we could easily take care of. We could easily, I, I, I'm always looking for easy lessons, easy wins. You know what I mean? And this stuff, things like those four questions, I just wrote them down. That's like, you know, that's, that's something to stop you living unconsciously, you know, and I think that's yeah. something, you know, dan- the danger of us all is living on the unconscious, you know, just operating bang, you know, we just do cause that's life. That's day got to do this got to do that and actually you know every i mean i've loved talking to you gareth i think i don't know i know the guys have been nodding furiously i'm, I'm looking at the round <laughs> everybody so everybody's like well, not nodding dogs because obviously whatever you're saying is you know feeding into our brain um but you know i think these sort of things are such common sense things such sensible you know um subject matter that we should be incorporating in our day-to-day life but like you said and you know 100 i'm going to be one of those people that reads your book after this because i think we live in the unconscious and i, and I guess I, I don't know what as an as a final note what is the one bit of advice you would give a fellow human being that would that could make profound difference to their life you know what is one thing that we should be doing as humans uh, that, yeah. that, that would make a change so i'm going to go as a concept because you can apply it any way you want so uh ultimately it's about living life deliberately you know because if you live life randomly and expect it to go your way it fucking won't mm. so own your shit and, and yeah. take whatever steps it is to look after your health your mental health all aspects of your health because it won't happen randomly. Yeah, that is that is some that is some powerful advice right there. That is, I mean, that's that's some class A stuff. Yeah, because I because I, I think fundamentally, you know, that is where a lot of us go wrong in our in our lives and and and, and ultimately being deliberate in our actions and our thought processes is 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 kind of where all these things move move towards um to become successful not not i'm not talking successful like in wealth but i'm talking successful in in living in 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 being do you know what i mean uh, being being a, a a useful individual whether it be with your family or whatever so that's that's amazing yeah, yeah. well success is just basically living the life that you want to live on your terms isn't it Exactly. You want that to be, whether it be business or whatever. The, the, the most ses- successful people in their lives are people that choose it and they live deliberately and they do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah. However yeah. that be, whether it be your health, your wealth, or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that is never a true word spoken, Gareth. Yeah, I'll, and and uh, anybody got a final question for Gareth before we let him go? I think from me, Gareth, I can speak for everyone that this has been one of the most interesting fucking podcasts that Sweet. we've we've been involved in. <laughs> I, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on, um, and yeah, I, I can just say thanks very much. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, if people want to find you, they can get hold of you on your website, GarethRiddy.com, Gareth correct? Yeah, yeah, that's more of a landing page, to be honest. Not much goes on with that. I haven't touched yeah. that in fucking ages. What's the best uh, way to get in contact with you? Facebook? Best way, probably Facebook. Facebook is where I'm most active. But yeah. I'm everywhere. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, I don't use Twitter, to be fair, LinkedIn, whatever. Just look for Gareth Riddy. I'm the cool one. Yeah, so not catch Gareth Riddy. Yeah, yeah. Gareth Riddy on Facebook. Facebook um, is where I write most of my stuff, where I do most of my videos, all that type of stuff. So come harass me, email me, garethagavery.com, whatever. Amazing. And catch your book on uh, Amazon? Book's on Amazon. It's also on Audible. So you can get it paid back, Kindle, or listen to me talk it. Amazing. And within, hopefully, the next month, the course will be live as well. So follow me to find out about that. Yeah, check that out. And yeah, you know what? Anytime you're always welcome on a match with us, Gareth. When this shit's all over, it'd be lovely to get you down. Um, even maybe do a seminar with the guys yeah, um, on on some yeah. of your techniques that you do um, with your therapy stuff, and 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 that'd be amazing. We could get get some some real value out of some of your thought processes, and some things that we can do um, for the gym members. That'd be amazing. But yeah, always welcome at Sasquatch Studios. Uh, cool, well, mate. It's been a fucking honour, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Mate, no, thank you very much. Thanks, for mate. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Unbelievable. Send all yeah. the links and stuff, are you, when it's done? Yeah, it'll all be on our site. We post it around and share it about, and uh, we'll pop the link to your Facebook page on that. And yeah, check check Gareth out. Super interesting. Uh, and and super simple things to do. Um, and and I've checked out Gareth's Facebook page. I've watched a couple of YouTube videos that he's also done about earthing. So that stuff is free content. Check that out. It's real, really well worth. I'm definitely going to uh, put your name to a few friends of mine that I think would benefit from some of the work you do. So I, I've found it hugely valuable, even just from talking to you for an hour, mate. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. Thank very much, guys. Uh, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Mate. Next episode, I think we're just going to be chinwagging about our freestyle. Shit freestyle yeah. <laughs> how everybody's missing training and just generally moaning so get, get a bit of negativity out on the podcast but yeah check you out next time thanks very much for joining us uh and uh look forward to the next episode ciao ciao, ciao.